0: Well, regarding the game itself, um, uh, when the draw was first made, uh, we looked to, first of all, the city we were going to, Hamburg. We hadn't been there before. And he says, "Okay, this is an excellent opportunity for a great trip. Uh, Then uh, in terms of the football, we were saying, well, uh, Hamburg haven't been doing so well uh, in recent years as what they had when they were champions of Europe uh, some 10 years back. Uh, So we fancied our chances. Uh, However, at the, the, the first leg at Celtic Park, we committed the cardinal sin in European football of conceding an away goal. But not only did we concede it, we conceded it at the two minutes of the game, which practically changed the whole course of uh, of the, the two tyres overall because it had us chasing the game at home, which is what you don't want to be doing in uh, European tyres. Uh, because we, we had a, such a strong... Uh, um, accent on attack we left ourselves vulnerable to many chances for Hamburg and they converted one early in the second half to make it 2-0 so as we see here now we're 2-0 down uh, with the, the second half so to speak to go but uh, Celtic fans are eternal optimists and I'm quite certain that when we leave the Volk Park next week we'll have won 3-0 The uh, Candio and Cadetti will score two, so I fully expect that next week um, we will get the victory we're looking for um, because we don't go to see Celtic getting beaten. Although, in our heart of hearts, we're up against it. There's no doubts about it.
1: to
2: Right through the, the latter half of the 19th century, Uh, Irish people continued to emigrate, fleeing the effects of the the Great Famine. Uh, Many thousands went to Glasgow, where they congregated in the east end of the city. Um, There were a lot of slums and a lot of uh, deprivation. Uh, They were discriminated against and hated by the local Glaswegians because of their willingness to work for pay that undercut the the local sort of rate. Um, Some members of the Irish community saw that something was needed to give these people uh, a focus, a sort of focus of identity.
0: They were settling in a country that had given birth to Presbyterian fundamentalism, Protestant, Protestant religion, with... Um, John Calvin and John Knox and people like that had been born there and straight away when they began to settle and, and amalgamate into the community they were they were uh, alienated because of their religion and because of the fact that they were competing for the jobs that existed at the time uh, with the result that um, many of the Irish settlements, the areas that they, they had settled in experienced poverty worse than what they had left home in Ireland um, to alleviate the, the suffering um, uh, one of the the Irish priest there a chap called um, Andrew Cairns from Sligo his is religious name was uh, Brother Walford got the idea of starting up a football club because football at the time was beginning to grow in popularity in in Britain and he had seen the uh, the success of the Edinburgh Hibernian Club who were formed from Irish immigrants as well and he saw this as being a great way of raising funds raising funds with the intent of uh, feeding the poor, particularly the, the, the children who, who were suffering the most. So Celtic really was formed to feed Irish children. That's basically where Celtic came from. And the essence of the club being an Irish club has, re, has been retained ever since.
3: It's hard to rationalise why you get so much enjoyment out of your 22 guys kicking a ball about there's probably no sense to it. The only thing about it is, if, if, we're, if we're crazy, then we're crazy along with millions of other people in the world, you know? Uh, and nearly every country in the world, it happens, so... There's more of us than there is of the other, the other people, you know, that don't like football.
0: Football is an all-consuming passion for the people that play it and for the people that support it. It crosses all boundaries. It crosses all languages. It's one of the most simplest games to play. You only need a ball uh, and two goals. Uh, Yet, it can capture people's imagination and their passions in a way like no other sport can. Uh, That probably is the reason why, from rich down to poor, from every type of nationality create. Uh, uh, football is the most popular sport in the world Um, I think um, the passions engendered by football uh, cannot be compared uh, in any other sports Um, and taking that further I have to say that the passions we feel for our team uh, cannot be seen anywhere else either or felt or imagined so you'd have to support Celtic to know what I was talking about
3: It's very, it's very important, and it's. It hasn't waned. I mean, I don't, don't think it ever will. You know, once you support Celtic, you tend to support them for life. It's that type of commitment, and most Celtic supporters would be the same. Mm.
0: Times it's very, very hard for us to put a finger exactly on the, the the pulse or on the reason or the, the the whole essence of why we behave the way we do, why we're so fanatical about this uh, this club or, or what we, we consider to be a whole cause. Um, but I suppose the best way I could put it is is if that if somewhere along the line they decided that they were going to introduce an extra hour in the day, I think we dedicate that hour to thinking about Celtic like we do in the other
1: twenty-four. Oh! Well, I have to admit that Celtic does play quite a large part in, in my thoughts from, uh, from from one day to the next. I mean, it's hard to say exactly how important they are. It's, it's a it's a difficult thing to, to quantify. That uh, on one level, you can say to yourself intellectually that it doesn't uh, it doesn't really matter if Celtic win or lose. It doesn't affect your uh, your daily life. It doesn't. Uh, it, it uh, you know it doesn't make any difference about putting putting food in, <laughs> food on the table, but uh, but it does matter. At the end of the day, it does matter.
3: Uh, the Celtic supporters are different from certainly most other supporters. Uh, they be they'd be more loyal. They would identify more with their team. Uh, they would see themselves as sort of part of the part of the same setup as the as the team I think it was Alex Smith the Aberdeen manager he says when you go to Glasgow to play Celtic you're not playing a football team you're playing a cause you know and that's the way the Celtic support would see it you know that they were part of the cause as well as the team
2: the fans are the club and, and that will never change the the players some of them are supporters, some of them know what the club is all about. And, and the other players that you know, come up from England or from Italy and that, they obviously appreciate the fanaticism of the support, but they are only employees of the club at the end of the day. That's that's their work for them. We're out there, we're spending money week in, week out to um, to support the club, to, to try and get the club on. Um, no club in the world has a bond between its fans and uh, the club itself, like, like Celtic does. As I say, we're like one big family uh, who stick together through thick and thin. Yeah,
0: the Celtic supporters are very, very important to the club and to the team. Um, and I think uh, the best way... You, ever, you can realise this is when you see new players coming into Celtic and I've noticed uh, in the last couple of months with particularly the likes of uh, Alan Stubbs and uh, Paolo de Canio coming in from uh, Italy and they have been um, really taken in by the warmth and the enthusiasm and the love Celtic fans have for their team um, be it home or away or even training sessions uh, this is something they are not used to um, and in a way too it, it's 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 a very it's a very comforting thing for them to, to to, feel such a bond with the people that literally pay their wages. We don't know how important um, supporters are to other clubs and, and other teams, but we don't particularly care because we look on ourselves as being unique. And um, we always will look on ourselves in that way. And at times we can feel patronised, but we do know that come the whistle at three o'clock on a Saturday, that the most important thing to the team is the 40,000 people that surround them.
4: Nine F E five eight. Please make your way back down to the card deck via the green stairs. That's you <coughs> black. <coughs> 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 the old Euro- European night, no, I suppose. Um, I suppose for all clubs, especially, it's a, you're playing against a team that you never normally play against. Um, you know, different players, maybe. On, on occasions like you the talking about maybe the Celtic played Juventus and all in the past you're talking big name players like the Madrid and all all these, these clubs and Hamble Hamburg and such haven't got any big names but it's, a, it's a break from the routine um, league league games like you know against the fair and it's good to see these teams from other countries and as far as you're going to the way leg like, it's great to travel and see see another country travelling with the Celtic's part is great you know great, great guys from all over England and Scotland Wales and the continent as well. You meet them in pubs, and they're all—they're all so proud to tell you about their their Irish heritage. That the, the grandparents were from Mayo, uh, the mothers from Kerry and you know. all. It makes you feel really proud, you know, that you your origin. You feel like this club—it's not just something you chose to follow. It's part of your heritage, part of your culture. And they, you know, you're, you're amongst your own, they're singing our songs, it's our flag that they're, they're proud to fly, you know, and a great, great
5: place. Will be a show and the go, will be there. Football really in its essence
0: is about travelling and sitting at games and watching games and supporting the team. It's not about sitting in pubs shouting at television screens. It's really being there. It's really it's eating the pies. it's drinking the bovel, uh, and it's listening to these magical uh uh, uh, one-liners that you can only hear at football matches. Uh, you can't hear that in the pub. Uh, it just is not the same, and it never will be the same. And anybody who thinks that by sitting in front of a, uh, a television screen in a pub and thinks they know about football really don't know what they're talking about. Uh, and they won't know that until they actively get involved in supporting football.
5: When it's hit like a bomb, and it's not any time, that's the canyon, that's the canyon.
2: We went over when we were, when we were 18, and um, we were immediately hooked, because even before we attended a game, we went to a, a pub in the East End, near Celtic Park. We'd failed to get any accommodation, because there was a trade fair on in the city that weekend, and um, we went into a pub and you know, we had a word with one or two of the locals and word spread around the pub that there was nine Irish guys uh looking for accommodation. Well within ten to fifteen minutes it was people actually arguing over who was gonna take us because they were all so eager to have an Irish guy back in our house. They each told us their you know, their Irish connections and how proud they were of it and it was it was it was something else to see these people in a different country who had uh, great grandparents or um, ancestors who were from Ireland originally and to see how they still clung to um, Irishness in a certain way, that they were they were proud of that fact. They realised they were Scottish but they um, knew they were of Irish descent and this was something very special to them. Um, the lads that came with me uh, as I said they supported Manchester United Liverpool, all those English clubs and after that weekend uh, during which Celtic beat Rangers 3-1 um, none of them have ever uh, look back since they're all now Celtic fanatics like myself, uh, season ticket holders, and they eat, sleep, and drink uh, any any news, any information on the club.
4: And a classic collection of clothes and accessories for both women and men. I went down. Don't you? The sandals are romantic. The attitude we are was
3: remains. It's One Celtic is
4: that has an extra in other than the football league. Like, you know what I mean? It has a community spirit. It's Some sort of um. But yeah, we to point out what it is. As I said, it's a, a family. It's family. An, inner, an inner feeling in people, all It's a feeling of belonging. It's
5: a way of life,
4: you right? know? It's a way of life, there's no doubt
5: about
4: it. It's an obsession, an institution. Not a football team, you know? Institute. I mean, so there's a good question
0: for
4: you. How would you explain that to somebody who didn't understand? Uh, yeah, it's a good one. It's, it's a good question.
5: I, good I just asked them to, to come with me.
4: My you answer, just have to come to the main question.
5: My answer to
0: that was, I'll be like somebody who's crazy about bees, trying to collect, trying to tell you about their passion. You wouldn't understand it, but you respect that passion, you know. I know you don't it. understand how
4: they got a buzz over. <laughs> 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 you know, I, I
5: give
4: you that. <laughs> <laughs> give a joke a chance. <laughs> <laughs> what was that other one we were practicing? You were doing? <laughs>
1: I don't find it at all difficult to understand how, um, how football supporters in Ireland can take an interest in Celtic. I mean, quite the opposite. I, uh, I find it very hard to understand th- th- those who don't uh, take an interest in Celtic because Celtic supporters in Scotland th- think of Ireland as, as a kind of spiritual home by and large and uh, it's all part of the process that, um, that people in Ireland should support Celtic. So that it, it came as something of a, a shock to me when I, I came here first in, in 1976 to discover that uh, there was actually more interest in uh, in Manchester United and Leeds and you know pretty insignificant teams like uh, Tottenham Hotspur. But I, I think that the interest in Celtic has, has been rekindled over the past few years by the success of the Irish national team.
3: I think the Republic of Ireland's done a lot for football here, the team, over the last ten years. And they've, they've gave. People a passion for supporting football, and I think as a result of that, they're better able to understand people like us that that support a team like Celtic.
1: Certainly, my immediate family in Edinburgh never had the slightest difficulty understanding um, anybody who supported Celtic. Their their um, their difficulty was quite the opposite; they couldn't understand why uh, why anybody might not support Celtic. Um, because they always took a, a very close interest in it themselves um my family here my, my my wife for instance i think has come to um has come to appreciate it in, in a way that she perhaps didn't at first um and uh, you know she's got um a, a pretty good interest in it at this point point. and my uh my daughters i think who are 9 and 4 at the moment they've they've really been brought up with this uh uh with this business of celtic has has really been part of of the house probably as as, as long as they can remember and uh they have a, a particular fondness particularly the younger one for uh for pierre van Hooydonk. i I think it has a lot to do with uh with the name and the strangeness of the name because for for the four year old in particular they, um, the um the, the name really does sound quite funny and she doesn't um always quite understand the difference between celtic and uh, and pierre because uh you know she knows to ask if um if Celtic have won which is a pretty good question but I, I'm not quite sure how to answer her when she asks if um Pierre has won and um i, I think that she's um, she's certainly getting there all the same my my older daughter had the same um kind of difficulty at at the same age with um a, a Jackie Jackanowski she she thought this was a hilarious name Jackanowski who played for Celtic when uh, when she was quite small and uh, I think it was probably one of the first words actually that she learned to to say, one of the first difficult words
2: My girlfriend Caroline um, I've probably it's probably all down to me but uh, she detests uh, soccer uh, totally um, and Celtic in particular Um, any mention of Celtic in the house is is met with a flying slipper or something like that but uh, uh, she's coming around slowly and i've brought her over to a few games and she appreciates that uh, that it is important to me and uh, she uh, has made a lot of friends with, with, with my scottish friends and uh, down the years and uh, i i think that someday she'll be uh, fully converted like me
3: your father would be the the catalyst really for making you support once they take you along to football matches you'll you'll tend to fo- support the club there That they support. It's the same with me and my sons now. Support Celtic, you know, and they travel over to the games, and I'm I'm pleased about that, you know.
1: Well, the first memories of of taking an interest in Celtic aren't really there because it, taking an interest in Celtic was something that was always around at home. It was it was always something in there, and I can't really remember a time when I I, I wasn't um, looking out for Celtic results or being told what Celtic results were, or you, you know just being aware generally of of the fact that Celtic existed and uh, you know being concerned about them. But the the first game that I can remember going to was a game against Hibbs at Easter Road sometime in the late 50s. I'm really not very sure when it was, around about 1958. And my, my memory of that game is, is of seeing Bobby Evans, uh, of seeing Bobby Evans pointed out. And uh, I suspect people like Peacock were playing as well at that stage, but I, I, can, on, I can only actually remember um, Evans. And I, I'm told that, uh, that I spent much of my time looking around. And not actually following the game, but uh, but I do have a clear memory of it. My favourite Celtic player of all time would
2: be Bobby Lennox. Uh, he played in the, uh, the team that won the European Cup in 67 and indeed uh, played on until the 1981 season, thus having played in the 60s, 70s and 80s. Um, he was my favourite player uh, for a very simple reason. Um, as a kid uh, and trying to find out all the information on Celtic I could um I went into the local news agents and um had a peek in at the Sunday Mirror I think it was the Sunday Mirror they used to give the team lineups from the day before from the games the day before and uh, Lennox was one of the few names which I could read from the Celtic lineup so although I didn't know his first name uh, I went out on the street and playing football with the other kids and I was Lennox Lennox of Celtic and this was something that always stuck with me and uh, I loved uh, in future years, and the years after that, I, I loved looking at videos of Bobby. Even though I'd never seen him play in the flesh, uh, he was a superb player. Uh, his nickname was Buzz Bomb because he was so fast and so nippy around the box. Scored a lot of scored a lot of goals. Um, Bobby Charlton was actually a big fan uh, of Bobby Lennox's. Um, it was a dream come true for me then in nineteen ninety two when I got the chance to meet Bobby uh, on on the weekend of. Uh, the 25th anniversary of uh, Celtic winning the European Cup we brought the team over to to Dublin and uh, I found him to be a very humble man and he he made me feel like you know I was on a, an, I was on a par with him I was just a Celtic man whereas maybe some other big name players might have you know said oh well you know and sort of brushed you off but uh Bobby was excellent and uh, I'll I'll always be uh a Bobby Lennox fan, he was my first contact with Celtic, and uh, the first name on you. And uh, even today, when I when I play football uh, in the the local Astor Park, uh, I always have it in my mind that uh, I'm Bobby Lennox of Celtic on the ball. goal! Well oh,
5: glorious goal! Oh, Lennox, what a goal! Three Rangers players looking very disconcerted. Lennox suddenly switching feet and leaving
0: Richie with not an earthly of a chance of that. Um, in my memory, I don't really have an all-time favourite Celtic player that I could say, would stick out my mind, that I could uh, um, boast about, like maybe the fans of the 60s and 70s could. But if there's a player I've read about and a player I've heard about, I think my greatest regret is never having seen Charlie Tully play. Because um, having so many friends as I do um in, in in the north that travel to games a lot of them would be <laughs> young enough now to remember them. And um I've had many a long chat with, with people talking about previous Celtic teams and the love that they had for Charlie Tully. Um he, he to them typified everything a Celtic player should be. He was adventurous, he was brave, he was very, very skillful, he was clever. He was a Celtic man through and through. He was an Irish man through and through and to 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 those people he was a very very special person and a player and when I I almost feel jealous at times when I hear them talking about him because you know you feel as though you've you've missed out on something that was really really special
4: Well Celtic's official allocation was 3800 and Celtic fans being with the air, that, that location was um, obviously snapped up. All those tickets are gone. But that wouldn't be taking account now of people who travel um, independently uh, to get tickets over here. It wouldn't be taking account of the con- guys based on the continent who would probably make their own range for tickets. Well, I reckon there could be anything from six to seven thousand Celtic fans here tonight. And that's given the fact that we're 2-0 down. That's a phenomenal support, you know. Phenomenal. Well, it's what we couldn't expect from following Celtic. That's what Celtic fans are about. We love our club and we'll, we'll, we'll be there. The
0: OK, well, now it's um, it's Tuesday morning, of uh, 24th of September, the day of the game. And at the moment, we just stopped at a roadside service station in Germany. Um, it's in a place called Munster. Um, and we expect that once we we're up and running here, we've another four hours to go and we'll be in Hamburg. The atmosphere now is a bit sleepy because um, we've, had a long journey through from calais this morning and um i think once we get on the road now this morning i think the atmosphere is going to pick up with the the pre-match excitement so to speak um so i expect that as soon as we're up and running now they've all had a bit of breakfast and that and they're all beginning to wake up now i think the excitement will definitely start building once we start heading towards hamburg particularly when we get there
2: This season is very important for us because should Rangers win the league, they will equal our world record of nine league championships in a row. And uh, this this is unthinkable for us. It just can't be allowed to happen. Um, whatever it takes, Fergus McCann and Tommy Bowens must ensure that this team is good enough to stop Rangers winning the league. Because after the European Cup, the nine league championships in a row, from 67 to 74, is something which is um, very, very important to every Celtic fan, and to have it taken away from us now um, by our main rivals, by our our deadliest rivals, Rangers, would be um, would be a sickening blow indeed.
1: Well, the rivalry between Celtic and Rangers is is based historically on the fact that that Celtic very quickly became identified as an exclusively Catholic team in a way which the founders of the club. Uh, had mostly not wished, you know, the, the, the name Celtic was was chosen rather than Hibernian or Shamrock or Harp. And there were other clubs with, with these names in order to indicate that, that the founders wanted a, a, a kind of unified Celt- uh, Scottish-Irish approach. But uh, they became identified very early on exclusively with um, the Catholic side in, in Scotland and uh others responded to this and uh, and rangers became identified exclusively with um with the protestant side and uh, that that's the essence of of the rivalry historically um i mean it's very unpleasant uh overtones of of the northern situation celtic
0: supporters by their nature are, are good-natured supporters and for the majority of games that we play in during the year that comes through very clearly except when we play rangers which which is a game that is um, moreover ex- uh, obsessed with bitterness and hatreds that obviously go back a very, very long time and have repercussions far beyond football pitches. Um, that is something I'm not going to change or anybody connected with Celtic or is going to change because that is a, a problem um, that is very, very deep, deeply rooted within uh, P- Glasgow, first of all, and to a greater level, Scotland and Ireland. Um, so I would have to say that the atmosphere, while some people would, it is, it's a, no doubts about it, it's a fantastic atmosphere, as a spectacle, but when you really understand what's going on, it is quite poisonous and it's not good because, as I said, it brings out the worst in the Celtic support and we are actually bigger than the behaviour that we would go on with at Celtic Rangers games. Um, they're the most frustrating games of all when we lose, but they're the most... Um, that it's the greatest feeling in the world when we win. Um, so, in one way, I'm probably being hypocritical in saying all that. But uh, at the same time, too, it has to be said I don't think Celtic fans particularly are proud of themselves, for what the, the, the emotions that they go through when we play that team.
3: Well, I think supporting any any football club, probably anywhere in the world, that's tribal, you know. Uh, not just Celtic or Rangers. It's probably more so Celtic and Rangers, where the tribes are easily identified, you know uh it's our gang against your gang or our clan against your clan or our town against your town or village against village and that's what makes football the rivalries make it if the rivalries weren't there in football you would have forty thousand people all agreeing with each other now, there'd be no atmosphere you need you need the divisions. You need the rivalries. Suppose it's this street playing against the kids from the next street. The rivalries are there. And any, any football anywhere in the world. There's a, a romance about Celtic that travels more so than a lot of the other clubs have, have done, you know, that I think it's the underdog, the immigrant underdog coming into a country and winning out and achieving against all the odds. I think that that has, you know, people have seen that in there and identified with it.
0: Well, I do reckon there's a number of factors involved in why Celtic are so well known and supported around the world. Um, I think I think first of all is the visual image. It's, it's, it's the green and white hoops. Um, and I think that's very, very unique. Although there is clubs, of course, that wear hoops, you know, Shamrock Rovers and, and Queens Park Rangers. and I, I think Celtic cornered that market a long time ago, and uh, are, are always almost, almost definitely the first uh, club to be recognised. Um, because of the the, the, the strip that he wear. Um, secondly, I think um, winning the European Cup in 67 with the style of play as they did went a long way to winning over a lot of people. I mean, for example, uh, Sporting Lisbon uh, wear uh, the exact same strip as Celtic now because of the effect the Celtic fans had on the, town, the city of Lisbon when they were there in 1967. I mean, Lisbon changed their, their, their strips to 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 uh, replicate Celtics uh, green in my hoops because of the because of the style of the team and the warmth to the fans as well which was very important to the people of Lisbon and and also too, there's does um there's a romance about Celtic that uh, because of the origins and because of the hardship that the people who formed the club went through and and the hardship that Many people in, in, who support Celtic went through, you know, through the 40s and the 50s, through um, really chronic times in, in Britain, uh, right through um, the, the, this century. Um, that, Despite all that, they have a, a resourcefulness and um, a, a good-humoured uh, approach that, like, is, is almost um, typical of just uh, Celtic supporters.
2: Yeah, Celtic have links with, with, a, with a lot of clubs around Europe. Um, you know, towns or cities where we've played the the Celtic support has had such an effect on the support of the local team that they, they've they almost adopted Celtic as it were as their second club uh, I suppose the, the best example of this is St. Is Pauli in Germany the smaller club in Hamburg and uh, their supporters are uh, fanatical about Celtic and they're to be seen uh, in large numbers at, at Celtic home games on a regular basis and uh, it's it's great to see. Uh, you know, it's great to see Celtic with supporters from other countries who would previously have known nothing about us until we went and played there.
5: Right. Well, we've uh, finally arrived in Hamburg at long last. Uh, by the way, I've been itching to to crack a joke to the lads. Uh, if I can paraphrase the uh, immortal lines of John F. Kennedy. Ich bin ein hamburger.
3: <laughs> Der Michael von Hamburg von Stürmen und hamburger.
2: I'm a number
0: seventeen. The key is in the room. John, you're in with Bernard,
5: right?
0: Bernard. Uh, Bernard, right? Number 31. Well, after the usual problems that we encounter in uh, finding a hotel, we managed to get there on schedule at one o'clock. After everybody got checked in and got sorted out, we have everybody now out at a pub called the Irish Rover, which is just based around the city centre here in Hamburg. Um, so this is it now this is the beginning of the, the, the pre-match build-up uh, at the moment now we're going to make our way across to the St. Pauli supporters club uh, and talk to a few people over there about why they have such a fascination with Celtic
6: okay, my, my name is Matthias I'm from uh, from an der Ruhr which is near Cologne I live in Freiburg and I'm a St. Pauli supporter for about 5 years now and i uh, well, how did I come to support Celtic? I, uh, I noticed that, uh, that many uh, St. Pauli have Celtic scarves and stuff. And uh, about earlier this year, about Easter time, I went to Glasgow uh, for, for some days of holidays. And I, uh, I didn't get tickets for, for the old uh, firm match on Easter Sunday, but uh, I watched it in a pub, and, uh, in a Celtic pub. Glasgow, and uh, I was uh, uh, so so well accepted, and I had fun all the way. And uh, of course, I just said I'm a St. Pauli fan. I was there with my brother, who's also also a St. Pauli fan, and we had, we watched it on uh, on Sky, I think it was Sky, <laughs> and uh, we had we had fun all the way. And uh, since then, I always look at the results, and uh, that's why I'm here. And I. Even went to one uh, game uh, of the preseason tour in uh, Holland at Borussia. You know, the, f- the first game, 16-0 game. That was fun too. I, I just went there alone because I know I can always have fun with Celtic supporters. <laughs> just uh, yeah, have a good time.
5: Yeah,
6: 1993.
5: Uh, um, I have seen a, 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 a football play. set with Glasgow. And uh, only Celtic fans and uh, uh, all people say, say for me, hey, good friend, hey, good friend, and uh, it's a bis- business. Uh, 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 it's a great uh, stimmung, mood, great mood, and I have, because I it's a Celtic, it's all right. It all started a few years
2: uh, ago when my colleague Sven traveled over to Scotland. And he told us about Celtic, about uh, the club, about the ideas. And it's not only the club, it's also the idea against fascism, because St. Pauli supporters started in Germany, the movement of football supporters against fascism, against Nazis. And we heard about the same ideas in in Glasgow. So that
1: brought the two fan groups together. <laughs> He's got uh, Malcolm Mackay snapping at his heels, gets past him, pushes it onto Kimmage, and he's brought down there by Alan Stubbs. And
5: yeah. it's, oh, it's Malky Mackay! It's a red card! Oh, it was Malky Mackay! Dear, oh, dear, a disaster for Celtic. Well, that challenge from behind, I thought it was Alan Stubbs. <laughs> Also ein
6: bisschen dramatischer, ein bisschen rasanter kann schon
5: three yards offside but the big number nine put the ball in and Celtic uh, well, this, this particular scene now very very pit bad. the Moises What have been trying to decide about the Celtic part here we are We're in Germany We're three 0 down in that we've nine players on the path we've got to score three goals and stop Hamburg from scoring again to the the go through five, six thousand Celtic fans here scarves raised above the head saying so they never walking on you know, that's what major
3: difference.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> and up an ordering off here, another red cab, this time for John Hughes, who's going to be sent off. Now, the Germans claim their players in trouble. The Celtic players are all around the referee. Paul De Canio incensed about the decision to send off John Hughes, who brought down one of the German players. I think it's Carsten Barron who's down. John Hughes... was 10 seconds, we hit the bar. Within each, inches of equal
5: and Then we had a man sent off for what looked like. Really Another extremely dodgy decision by the referee. I think the referee's going to lose control of this game now. Uh, Celtic's tempers are up. It's no doubt about it. Playing with nine men. Oh my! Well, I don't know. Uh, the unfortunate thing was we've been playing very well. We didn't look out of the game even with the ten men. At that shot. The cannon shot went in instead of hitting the bar. We hold it in the ball again. No offside. Great chance in on Marshall, and it's a goal. Andre Brighton Writer strides in. Celtic nine-man defence were caught wide open, and Brighton Writer. Really stole in there and placed it low past Marshall. Breitenreiter scores. Hamburg 2-0 in the night, and the aggregate score rises to 4-1. And Andre Breitenreiter nahm
6: die Kugel herunter, konnte sich fast die Ecke aussuchen und schoss hier ein ins lange Eck zum 2-0. Natürlich die endgültige Entscheidung hier im Volksparkstadion vor 30.000, dass die offizielle
5: Zuschauerzahl, die natürlich zufrieden sind und jetzt hoffen, dass der HSV noch ein bisschen was drauf. Geht.
0: Well, we were always up against it after the, the first leg being two goals down. Well, I think it wasn't helped tonight by the fact the referee was clearly intimidated by the home crowd and gave very soft decisions in favour of HSV, and that made the job even harder. Sending two men off was dubiously sending two men off. One goal blatantly offside as well. It may sound like bias as usual from us, but that's the way we look at it at the moment. We are badly done here tonight. Not to say that if those decisions hadn't been made, I'm not saying we would have won the game by any means, but it certainly didn't make it any easier for us. But now we celebrate anyway, because that's the type of support we are. We celebrate just being who we are. You know, the result now will pale into insignificance because we'll just celebrate being Celtic supporters, because that's the most important thing of all.